I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. On this podcast, I have friends from all different backgrounds who each have a powerful story to tell about how the prophetic is shaping their world. I invite you to be part of the conversation. This is Exploring the Prophetic. Welcome to Exploring the Prophetic, and you're listening to one of our brand new shows for season two. And I have, though, a guest we featured in season one who's become just a, a friend of mine who I really, I love her and her mom so much. Uh, I had the opportunity to be on their TV show. It was Marilyn Hickey and her daughter, Sarah Bowling. And if you've never heard of Marilyn Hickey, she's pretty much a household name in Christianity because she's been teaching on the television for decades, even when it wasn't popular for women to be teachers in the church, which is really profound. And then her and her daughter uh, started many years ago. They started doing their show together, which has been awesome and phenomenal. And so they have a, a show, and it's been great to be a part of that show. Then I had Sarah and Marilyn both be on the podcast last season. And Sarah started to share, and I love her because I'm a second-generation Christian too. So being in the next-generation Christian, like when you know, you're know you exploring differently than maybe your parents or your grandparents – uh, because you, you know, we've been in the church for a long time and there was something in my heart that went after justice and went after seeing like the same God who brings quote unquote, the anointing or hearing his voice outside the box of the church. Not that the church is a box, but it can get boxy at times, but outside of the zone where we feel comfortable in church and seeing if God will show up in a war zone or if he'll show up in a brothel or show up in some of the poorest areas of the world. And so I've gone all over the world to some of the poorest places in the world and done the same kind of ministry we do in a church, but also done a lot of humanitarian stuff or mission stuff. And Sarah started an organization where she had just a, a prophetic revelation that God wanted to save this generation of kids who their moms are prostitutes, and he wants to come into their lives and nurture them. And so she started an organization where they actually do night care while the prostitutes are in the brothels. They take care of the kids at night because otherwise the kids are on the streets or they're inside the brothel with their mother, sometimes in the same room where the acts are being committed. And she just was like, no, this this isn't going to happen on my watch. We have to do something. And so started children's centers where they do night care for uh, – just dozens and dozens and dozens of kids and have created a model where they can now um, so franchise, so to speak, that out in a, in a broader way and have a vision for that. And it's just so profound that she, you know, in the Western world where you're not touched by a lot of these kinds of things, gets radically gripped in her heart by God's love to actually see this kind of phenomenal ministry, which takes a lot of grit and a lot of hard work and is not popular, done. And I just love that because it just so speaks of, you know, once you've been a Christian for a while, there's something in your heart to where you want to see, does my faith work anywhere? And does does the the reality of Jesus work in the poorest and the richest places of the world? And I've had the opportunity to be in both. You know, I've been in Singapore and Dubai and all these different Dubai and all these different countries that have incredible wealth. And then I've gone to the poorest places of the earth. I've been all over Africa and Middle East and Eastern Europe and uh, South America and all these places and seeing the beauty of his love works so amazingly in both places. And Sarah has as well. And she ended up bringing some of our team 
which is you guys, and I'm calling you my team for this episode because some of you heard her story, got so excited about her missions trip that you went with her, and she's going to talk about what happened when four Exploring the Prophetic listeners went with her to Cambodia on a missions trip to help in red light districts, which is amazing. Thank you guys for going, and I hope more of you guys will go. We'll talk about that in the show. But right before we get there, I have a few announcements to make to you guys, so just listen in. Words of knowledge are such a confusing topic until you understand the biblical framework about them. They appear over 60 times in scriptures in both Old and New Testament, and it's so practical and understanding God's heart and mind when you just get it. So I wrote a book called God's Secrets, How to Develop a Lifestyle of Walking in Words of Knowledge. I want to encourage you to get the book. It's an audiobook. It's an ebook. You can also get the course. But if you go on this journey with us, something's going to happen inside of you where you're going to find yourself knowing what's in God's heart and relating those thoughts in everyday situations. And people are going to respond to you very differently. You're going to create opportunities and choices that didn't exist before hearing from God this way. Come on the journey of knowing God's mind, his intentions for the world around you. It'll change you and it'll change your friends and family. www.bullsministries.com. Oh, I love season two of Exploring the Prophetic because not only do we get all kinds of news stories, but we also get to go backwards and touch base with friends from past episodes and friends of my life. And one of them is Sarah Bowling, who I just absolutely love who she is and what she does. And I know you just heard me talk about her in the intro, but Sarah, I'm so excited you're with me today. Sean, I'm stoked, like off the chain, pumped and excited. Holy buckets. Well, I got to hear from you just a minute ago, and you were telling me about the last time we talked and the Saving Moses project that you're doing. And I want to have you give that again in a nutshell, what you're doing, just so new listeners can hear, but how you actually had four people from the podcast go with you to Bangladesh, which is crazy. Yeah. They heard about you yeah. from here. Yeah, yeah. So we do this thing called Night Care uh, with Saving Moses, and we take care of babies and toddlers of prostitutes in third world countries while they work. So the four people that just came with me, um, they, we actually went to Cambodia, and uh, we stayed there almost a whole week and did the whole deal of night care. So we wow. worked on the night care centers. We did went into the neighborhood and prayed over people and just loved on people. And then at nighttime, we take care of the babies and toddlers. And uh, I mean, it was just off the chain. And then everybody who came on the trip with me, I gave each of them a Bible verse prophetic word, and, and they were just like over the moon, like holy buckets. Nobody's read my mail like that before that was amazing totally incredible so i was like sean we gotta do this this is so fun <laughs> well so. what i love is that like we became friends because you read transiting god randomly and um robbie dawkins connected us to each other and was like you gotta meet her she's amazing because <laughs> we both love social justice we love to see god's kingdom justice come on the earth and you're doing like i love unconventional like we're in war zones with schools and that kind of thing and you're in brothel districts red light districts serving prostitutes, which is to me like one of my favorite things anybody does. Like it's so rare and I hate that it's rare, but it's rare. And so we connected and it's been awesome, but you've been going after hearing God's voice in a real way. Like you've been going after it, which I'm so proud of you. I think it's amazing because you grew up like me in a Christian home. Like we both grew up with Bible believing Christian home with prophetic stories and things that have happened to our families, but we had to go for it ourselves. And so kind of tell me where you're at in that journey, because you've been like going after words of knowledge and giving words, just like these four people, you gave them words, tell me about it. 
Yeah. So here's the thing. Just a little backstory. Um, my birth, my mom couldn't have babies and my birth was prophesied to her 10 years before I was born. That's so um, wild. And I remember yeah, this guy, yeah, this guy gave her a prophetic word. And so a word of knowledge. And, um, so I, I felt the Holy spirit really like tap me on the shoulder and say, Hey, you need to move in this because it's, it's in your DNA, literally. Totally. Um, and it pushed pushed the envelope for me, and I was like, okay, I'm on board and both feet. So I've been going after it really hard, and and I've been watching this. One of the things in Translating God uh, talks about tracking your words, and it's accountability. And I love it. I completely love it. And initially it scared the heck out of me because I was like, oh, all these people are going to say you're a loser. You're totally off. <laughs> totally. <laughs> you're off the plot. That's you everyone's know, fear, a but it doesn't ever happen. Freak. It like never oh happens at right but it is our fear. It's still, sometimes I get that, like I'm going, I have to go back and ask them if my word happens still to this day. Like I have to go back and ask them like, was that okay? How are you? And they're like, thank you so much. It totally happened. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. I'm okay. Yeah. 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 And, uh, so I've been doing that and like I had a pastor, I went to this church, um, a couple months ago and this pastor said, you called out a guy in the back and you absolutely you told him things and he came up to me afterwards and said, she told me things from my childhood that absolutely nobody ever knew before. Wow. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, so I've been, and I've been tracking these, so I've been writing them down and keeping, keeping up to speed with them. I gave another word to a lady in our church about, um, a new beginning. And I gave her the name, I think it was Jessica. And this was back in November. And she's like, well, I don't know anybody named Jessica. But she wrote me like three, four months later. And she said, well, actually, it's crazy because that new beginning, I was just held on to it. And four months later, my supervisor was dismissed and they hired a new one. And her name is Jessica. Come on. And it's that's a amazing. New beginning. I know. And so and what happens for me is I get sometimes when I get that kind of negative or, you know, discouraging feedback or it didn't make any sense to me. Then I'm like, uh, you know, and I want to quit and like I get discouraged and then I hold back and Holy Spirit's like, you can't do that because you don't know the timing, timing Absolutely. on this stuff. There's a lot of times that you don't see the timing and how I put things together. It's like a quilt and you look at the quilt and it's a big picture, but sometimes you look at the individual squares and it gets discouraging because you can't see, oh, that's what you're trying to do. And so that's been encouraging to me that as far so as... Good. Yeah, looking at it in terms of broad picture. And I miss it. I still, I, I have no doubt that from time to time I miss it. <laughs> it was funny because I was at a seminar the other day and someone was asking a question, like they were like super old school. And they're like, what happens when you miss the word of the Lord? You know, like that kind of question. And I was laughing. And I said, well, the thing about, about the New Testament is we have two things that are different than the Old Testament. Number one is we're all justified by our own faith, meaning we hear from God for ourselves. So we're, we're only supposed to get encouragement or comfort from other people, not direction. But number two is Jesus died on the cross and there's forgiveness. Yay. You know, like we don't have to sacrifice an animal. We could just say, oops, I, I was trying to love you, Lord. Sorry. And that's it. That's as big as it gets. And they're like, oh, well, oh, because they couldn't argue with the cross. You know, like the cross took all the shame. The cross took all the, the wrongness, you know. It was one of those things where it, it just lowers the stakes so much. So I'm so glad that you've lowered your own stakes in a good way to where you're getting feedback and you're getting, because those stories are so invaluable to go back and hear those, you know, to be open to hear them, which creates a relational aspect to it. So tell me kind of what's going on as far as when you go to the outreaches, has the prophetic impacted the outreaches at all or hearing God's voice in, the, in this new season? Yeah. And what happens is I see, 
I see my the teams that go with me. I see them starting like now into these neighborhoods. So they're red light districts, red light neighborhoods. And I see these teams um, and I see individuals now themselves starting to walk in that and walk in the expressions and words of love, words of encouragement, words of knowledge. And you see that. And now we have translators that kind of go with us into these into these respective neighborhoods. And um, the neighborhoods, you know, initially they're a little bit tricky to navigate because it smells bad. It looks bad. It's super trashy. You know, some of the things you see are a little um, shocking of course, because they're red lights. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just the nature of, of the environment. But what I love about our teams is watching the individuals look past that, look past those initial shockers and past the smell, past the sights, past the what they hear and all that, and sense God's love. And when they come back and they express God's love and, and watching them like pray over the individuals, watching them hear their stories, watching them get encouraging words from God, whether it's words of knowledge or wisdom, Bible verses, whatever. But watching those team members come back, and what happens is when that love, this is what I find, when when there's a deficiency of love in our hearts, it's often because we're not giving genuine love. That's so good. That's because so genuine love never runs out. There's never a scarcity. It's transactional love that runs out. There's always a, a scarcity with transactional love, but genuine love is never is never in a shortage. Well, what's interesting more with than what enough. you're going to have to do when you're out there is obviously a lot of these guys have probably never been exposed to going to your team on this level of red light district because there's red light districts in America, then there's red light districts in a third world nation or a developing nation, and they're traumatic. Like you, I, we've had two people come back from our teams from red light districts, and they're they, they kind of need some quiet time when they get back and they need everything to be a little bit more quiet. It's like they get a little PTSD because it's so sad to see 14-year-old girls sometimes behind windows, sometimes in cages, sometimes just standing out of the, you know, four girls in the doorway. You get to pick whatever one you want. And you're looking at these little teeny girls who have, like you're treating the ones, you guys are taking care of babies of, I'm sure, women that aren't that old and who are still prostituting. And I know in the last episode you said before you guys show up that the babies are just on the bed with them while they're prostituting. And then so you guys are giving night care so that they could actually do their job, but you can raise these kids and have, you know, just a, a love fest with these little kids, which is so incredible. It's so incredible. But if you have God's heart, it's like there's something that like a level of human trauma doesn't hit your heart because you can see his, his heart, which I think is well, so amazing. Yeah, and I mean the woman at the well, John chapter 4. Jesus knew all of her background. You've been with five husbands, the guy you're with now. He's not your husband. He knew all that. He knew it when he started the conversation, and it didn't keep him from reaching out to her, from going past the cultural, past what's tradition, past the gender stuff, and saying, hey, I'm here to love you genuine. And that whole thing, that whole conversation with her absolutely turned, redeemed her, and turned the whole tide. Because then the whole city, town came out to hear about Jesus because of what she said. Totally. Come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. And so that genuine love, that's the, that's the lever point. That's the hinge um, on which everything changes. It, redemption starts and ends, begins. The whole thing is circling around genuine love. And it's just powerful what, that, what, what it does in us as well as through us. Well, and I would assume just you guys going out there because it's so dark. There's not a lot of Christian presence in some of the places you go to, if there's any at all. That just you going there with love in your heart, let alone whatever words or things you share or whatever actions you take, is probably pretty contrasted by the the environment that you walk into. 
So even just turning your love on and walking through the streets there, I know when we go through slums or the war zones or whatever, they're just like, you're here. You love us. Like we'll have kids hanging off us because they know that we're the white people who come or whatever color we are because we bring Asians and black people too. But we're the American people that that have, you know, that have come with resource to bring love. And they're just like, oh my gosh. And there's that part, what can I get from you? But there's other part that's like, oh my gosh. It's like, you know, I know one time my friend Hona and I went to his the hospital when his sister was really sick and we didn't know what was going on. And just him walking in changed the atmosphere of her heart and the whole environment where it was like, you're here. Someone's here. I'm going to be okay. And I feel like that happens sometimes for people when love shows up. You know, it's like there's hope. Mm-hmm. Which is and prophetic. that's exactly it's totally what happened last year I was in Bangladesh and I was visiting the largest brothel in all of Bangladesh and there was this lady I was at the end of kind of a group of people just trailing at the back and I saw this girl and uh, there were tears in her eyes and and I, I, could, I was just completely attracted you know this pool and I just reached out toward her and just started to I touched her shoulder and she leaned into me and I just started to hug her, and she broke down and wept and wept and wept. And it, it completely unraveled me because I could sense the love of God in in that minute, in that moment. Um, granted, there's language, all kinds of barriers and stuff, but I just sensed God loving her. And I, it was just this moment suspended in time that I just could And, and I, I encouraged her. I asked about some of her background, you know, what what's going on, and long story i mean she was brought there um you know against her will and and i just hugged her and said you know god loves you god's got a hope and a future for you and um it just unraveled me i mean in that just i don't know two minutes four minutes that i stood there and people looked around and they were i looked and people thought what's she doing i was like i don't give a rip i can feel god loving this girl right here in my arms in this moment and there's nothing that can that's more important than this moment now. Totally. Oh, I love that. I think it's so powerful. I I have a three and a five year old. And so sometimes, you know, there's, there's a moment where they need dad, like where you hug them and it's like, everything's okay. And I felt that moment so many times with people on the streets and I just, and people in these kinds of situations around light districts. And for us, we'll bring guys in sometimes too, to go into the, the brothels as well, we have accountability, but we'll go into because I feel like sometimes the girls need a dad who's not going to use them sexually or objectify him. And so even going in, sometimes if you go to certain brothels, it's more like a strip joint where they're naked or whatever. And I've just had to tell our guys, like, don't go in. Like, if, if you're going to not see these as daughters and, and sisters, you're going to objectify them and you can't come in. But if you feel like you can come in and not objectify them no matter what you see, then come in with us. And we've never had a problem with a guy lusting or getting weird or whatever. It's always, you just go in and you look at him and you're just sad. You're just sad. Like, this is a 15-year-old or an 18-year-old who's losing their whole life because of this. And and a lot of them were brought in at real young ages. And we had a nine-year-old one time that was in there that she looked like she was 12 or 13. And when she finally told how old she was to one of our team, we're like, what in the heck is happening in this world? You know, but it's once you get over the initial shock and you can just hold them and say, I mean, I've, I've held so many girls as a father and just said, you're amazing. You're awesome. You're more than just giving your body up, you know, and they're just like weeping because they feel like you're, this is what a man should feel like is safe. And I just, you know, I, I just hope that, I hope that the church grabs hold of this. Like I just do. Like, I hope that the church hears about saving Moses and says, we want to, we want to partner because it's so beautiful. And it's like the people group that Jesus would have come directly to if he appeared on the earth today, you know, he would have run after these people. It's just so ugly and 
violating. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and I think too, you know, for me, I look at babies and toddlers and for me, I mean, it's just a fat pitch. I mean, you have a three and a five-year-old, Sean, yeah. <laughs> and you look at taking care of them and looking after them, feeding, clothing, making sure they're safe, protected, well-loved. I mean, that just seems like almost kind of baked into, into parents, you know? Yeah. So it's just like a fat pitch. And, and the fact that we get to minister to the moms, the sisters, the community around is just bonus on top of it. But I mean, it's how can you not love a baby and a toddler? How can you not reach out and have compassion and warmth in your soul and your heart for a baby and a toddler? I don't know. I mean, that people who struggle with that uh, have bigger issues. <laughs> Well, I'm going to ask you, like, tell us a little bit about what you're dreaming of building. Like, if you if you had the resource cap taken off, and if you had the influence cap fully given to you, like whatever you needed influence wise, what would your organization look like? So um, we do make care now on a limited basis. If I had like my dream come true, I'd be up and running. And there's five major countries in Asia that we've identified, and I would have. Night care, not one center. I would have multiple centers um, in each of these red light districts. So, I mean, I can list you, you know, Bangladesh, we're going into Philippines. We've got a couple other countries, Sri Lanka and a couple others that I'm just passionate um, to get up and running. In fact, I want to, my next objective, like immediately on the heels in 2019, we're planning to open for the floating sex workers in Dhaka in Dhaka, Bangladesh. Oh, wow. Um, and that's a huge community. Dhaka, Bangladesh has 20, 25 million people in it. Wow. One of the poorest countries in the world. And Bangladesh is the eighth largest country and probably has the least exposure to genuine Jesus of any country almost, maybe not North Korea, but in the whole world is probably one of the least exposed to genuine Jesus of any country in the world, especially in the top eight. And so I'm just completely lit up to hit Bangladesh and see what we can do. Um, just bringing in genuine Jesus. So if I, I want to have night care, I want to, I'd like to have hundreds of night care centers. Um, because I think if you really want to change the industry, you start with the babies and the toddlers. Totally. I mean, that's, I think that that's one of the, the main, um, vision centers for, for what I believe we're supposed to build is half the world's populations under the age of 16. And now they're saying half the world in non-Western world countries under the age of 12. And so you have this whole generation of people, the average church ministry or missions ministry is geared towards 38 or older. And so we're missing the world's population. We're missing half of what we're focused on is not being focused on. So I so love that you've heard from God and you've just felt his heart to go after this because it's that it's like the unseen missing people group. It's kind of like in Jesus's time where it was the women where they were the unreached unseen people group. And I'm sure children as well, but I mean, they were like women were unseen and unheard in culture and Jesus validated them and he came to them and he had his, some of his best friends were women. And the way he spent time with women was so valuable. And in this generation, it's the children. It's like, they're the unseen people group and they're some of the most powerful people on the face of the earth right now. I mean, it's so wild to me that we're, we're like missing it on that level. But I love what you're doing. So tell me, uh, okay, I have another question. Yeah. <laughs> tell me some of the, um, the, the things that your family is doing right now. Because I know you guys have a church in Denver and, or Loveland. I'll, I'll say Loveland. And I, I know you guys just moved into a new building or have you moved in yet? Yeah. So actually we, we are in Denver and it's called Encounter Church. Love it. Oh my goodness. We're legitimately seeing God do phenomenal things. I mean, turn the place upside down. And the church is interesting because it was grounded and founded 
it's over 60, 50 years old, and uh, we're just seeing fresh, fresh, phenomenal moves of God, like in healing, words of wisdom, and not just obviously from the pulpit, but we're seeing our members like really go out into their neighborhoods, into their workplace, into their schools, and really seeing God move through them with healing, going to the, hey, go to the mall and pray for people and see people get healed, see people, their their shoulders, where they, one guy, he's like, I, I, I he couldn't move his shoulder, and our, our some church member prayed for a random dude, prays for him, and the guy who's not a believer, I mean, he's just a dude on the street, the guy starts to move his shoulder, and he's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it, and his friend who was with him was all skeptical, and kind of, you know, like, this is stupid, but we're really, really seeing our, our church people, just regular, average, regular person, seeing them step into this stuff, and seeing supernatural through them, and it just lights them up, they're like, oh! and then they get all excited, and want to do a whole bunch more, so we're totally stoked to see what God's doing. Uh, with our and your church, and your church has always been kind of believing for the cutting edge. You guys have had a lot of people come through, but it really is a new season in the new building. Like there's a lot of new happening around you guys. Yep, where exactly. You're kind of a reset passion, focusing on some new things, bringing in some new friends. I know when I was there uh, a couple of years ago, I think it's been like two years now. I can't believe it, but um, I could just feel like you guys were going into something where you're going to carry a real. Uh, the love that you have for people was going to be carried in new expressions. And we were in your old building. We were when you guys had the mall. I couldn't believe you guys had a whole mall. It was crazy. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I know. Whew. And then you moved into the new building, which I think it probably suits you a lot better. Although the mall was fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever been big, but <laughs> no, exactly. Especially go to church in a mall, right? That's a little out of the box. That's not bad at all. I thought it was really creative. I was like, this is wild, but I, I could totally see the new. Which is wild. So in the context of building a church with your husband and your family, I know both your kids are involved. Like how is just, as you're hearing God's voice, because this is about exploring the prophetic. We've gone through a lot of the Saving Moses stuff, and you've talked a little bit about people on the street healing. But how has hearing God's voice affected your immediate family? Like how is, tell us any stories that involve like your daughter, your son, your husband. Yeah. Um, my daughter recently went to uh, Brazil. And it's interesting because, you know, she's asking God, show me, direct my steps, show me, because she's making like, you know, she's finishing high school and thinking about college. And she's really been going after God for direction and wisdom. And so she's in Brazil and she just really senses God kind of download into her and, and directing as far as not just the immediacy. She texted me from Brazil. She's like, oh, my gosh, Mom. I was out on the streets. We were praying for prostitutes, witnessing, and just sharing God's love. And everybody around me was t totally drawn to the street kids. But, Mom, I was so passionate to reach the prostitutes. She said I just would hug them and feel God loving wow. to me. And she said it broke me down, Mom. <laughs> I was like, ha. Ah. I uh, totally get that. <laughs> the apple does not fall far from the tree. In this one. <laughs> and I was trying to not, because I, I understand what it feels like to be a daughter, you know, and all that stuff. I get it. But I'm like, wow, you know, you can't argue with God coming on the scene and doing cool God stuff, right? <laughs> oh, I love that so much. That's like, yeah. that's crazy. Okay, last question. What's the riskiest thing in this season that you've done that you've stepped out in? Yeah. I was thinking about that, and here's this. I did it yesterday. Oh, wow, <laughs> I is, love that. Correct. I know, I know, I know. So here's what happened. Um, I was talking with somebody, and this is a person, and just honest, like super vulnerable. This is a person I don't really um, enjoy being around too much. Um, 
You're a pastor. You I just want to don't. Say that. There's always people in pastors' yeah. lives. <laughs> I know. I'm supposed to love everybody, and I get that. However, some people are a little more prickly for me, and this particular person is prickly. And so I'm praying yesterday morning, prayer time, and I feel like God gives me this verse for this person. I'm like, whoa, you know, maybe you need to find another avenue. <laughs> so, but I give this person the verse, and the verse, I don't know anything about their background. I, well, I do know their background, but I don't know. The verse had to do with like healing and health and, and God bringing, ministering healing. And I don't know anything as far as their physical or emotional state of being. And I pulled them off to the side and had a nice conversation with them, but I was like, this is the word that I feel like God has put in my heart for you and gave them the Bible verse. And, uh, they looked at me with this kind of like, Oh, that's nice. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to ask them for follow up or feedback. <laughs> Cause I was like, Ugh. I don't know that I really, but it's, it's risky in the sense of this person can be, um, kind of cranky and prickly and a little bit hostile. And, uh, so I was like, well, I don't know. I'm just going to close my eyes and focus on Jesus and do it regardless of however they respond or whatever. I'm not going to be led by what they do or they don't do. I'm just going to be obedient to what I sense in my heart. So I don't know. We'll see. I might follow up with them after a week or two and say, hey, how'd that verse set in your heart? <laughs> but so, I, I love your boldness to even go after somebody who's a hard to connect to person. I know that that's like it's it's just such a way to get past ourselves, right? Like to just, okay, I'm in this for obedience. I'm not in this for me or for to 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 do the prophetic. I'm in this for love, you know. And that's <laughs> I love to hear the story. And when I don't feel like loving, I yeah, feel like I being creepy like and hostile, combative. I'm like, I want to rip their head off, and I'm justified to do that. But no, you don't deserve my so. time. You know that kind of exactly. thing. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but I didn't. Example. I was like, hey, I'm gonna like not put my flesh in front of God's obedience. So that's awesome. Well, I love everything you're saying. And I really hope as our listener, she's going to give you her website and Sarah's going to give you her information. And I want to encourage you to get involved with Saving Moses. I just think it's such a powerful organization. But tell us about how to get to you and how to contact you. Yeah, so we got savingmoses.org. It's our website. We're on Facebook. And I'd love to take anybody with me to Cambodia in July of 19. We got uh, space now. It's limited space. So come with us and let's go have a party, have some fun, and sense God loving through us. And thank you for the Exploring the Prophetic podcast listeners who went with her this last time. That's phenomenal. I love it. But we want more (laughs) of you guys to go. And if you've been been gripped by children in hard-to-reach places, children at risk, this is one of the best organizations to go to and help pioneer. I just, I purposely asked her to share a vision. She didn't know I was going to do that uh, because I believe that God wants to resource you, Sarah. And I just feel like there's more resources coming, both people, finances, influence, all that stuff. So I pray that this year would be 2019, especially once we get into 2019, would just be a real pivotal year for the, for all of this. But thanks for being on the podcast again. We love you and you're amazing. Totally love you, Sean. Thanks, Bolos. Thanks for listening to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Bowles, and I want to encourage you to continue the conversation with us online at www.bowlesministries.com. We have exciting resources, e-courses, books, even children's materials to help you grow in the prophetic and go on a continuing journey of hearing God's voice. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate and tell all your friends. Join me next time where we explore the prophetic together.